Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's Thursday, January 9th. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick, and this is What a Day, the real reason that Prince Harry and Meghan are moving to North America. They want to share a continent with our podcast. I totally get it. Pop on over to Wad in it. What? <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, military conflict between the United States and Iran may be de-escalating. A new report shows lung and skin cancer rates are on the decline. And then some headlines. First, the U.S. assassinated an Iranian general. Then Iran vowed to strike back. They did. And now we are back to sanctions. Mm. On Wednesday, President Trump announced new economic sanctions on Iran following the country's launch of more than a dozen ballistic missiles at two military bases in Iraq where Americans are stationed. Yeah. So big picture, Trump thankfully did not escalate the situation or call for further military action Mm -hmm. and also said that there were no casualties. Now, that's in part because the United States was apparently aware that something was coming. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken, the dispersal of forces, and an early warning system that worked very well. Long 25 seconds there. Um, Mm -hmm. What, of course, was missing, though, from the remarks was further clarity about why General Soleimani was killed in this drone strike anyway, which was the whole reason why things got to the stage between the United States and Iran in the last few days. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that President Trump just a few days ago was threatening war crimes like bombing cultural sites. Right. Like, while we're happy to see that the imminent threat of war might be subsiding, uh, at least that's where things stand right now, there can't keep being this game of Trump puts his head in a bucket, then pulls his head out, and everyone on TV is like, yay, he got the bucket <laughs> off. I mean, we've just been at this too long. Right. It's the classic, this is the day he became president meme. Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, we don't always have to listen to cable news pundits because they are not elected officials after all. The topic, Some of them used to be. <laughs> some of them did used to be, and some of them do go back and forth, and some future ones uh, will maybe that could happen as well, um, God forbid. <laughs> the The topic of the day, though, did quickly become how Congress could rein in actions like this, and there was some genuine rare anger among Republicans. On Monday's show, we talked with Congressman Rokana a little bit about some of the ways that Congress was going to attempt to stop unilateral actions like this from the president. And where are they at on that now? Well, so House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that the House is going to vote later today to ensure that the president cannot proceed with military action against Iran without explicit authorization from Congress, how it's supposed to typically work. Okay. And that would strengthen Congress's case to hopefully prevent these sorts of actions or at least make it clearer that they are not within the realm of the executive branch, that Mm -hmm. you can't just willy-nilly decide when you are in a war or not. 
It's probably going to pass the House, but a much tougher hill in the Senate, given Republican control. We should add a disclaimer on the show that that's something we'll say about legislation (laughs) all the time, every single day. Um, But there were a few Republicans on Wednesday who were not all that happy with the administration, to say the very least. They came out of this meeting, this Senate briefing that they had, and that actually convinced a couple of the senators to change their minds on where they stood on imposing limitations on the war powers of the president. I had hoped and expected to receive more information outlining the legal, factual, and moral justification for the attack. I was left somewhat unsatisfied on that front. Uh, The briefing lasted only 75 minutes, whereupon our briefers left. This, however, is not the biggest problem I have with the briefing, which I would add was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. What I found so distressing about that briefing was that one of the messages we received from the briefers was, do not debate, do not discuss the issue of the appropriateness of further military intervention against Iran. And that if you do, you'll be emboldening Iran. The implication being that we would somehow be making America less safe by having a debate or a discussion about the appropriateness of further military involvement against the government of Iran. Now, I find this insulting and demeaning, not not personally, but to the office that each of the 100 senators in this building happens to hold. Yo, <laughs> Republicans had time. That was a Republican? <laughs> yeah, honestly. No, it's pretty crazy. Oh, my gosh. It, it's Mike Lee from Utah, and he actually is pretty consistent on this stuff. Mm. Like, you know, he previously worked with Senator Bernie Sanders on uh, a Yemen war powers resolution last year. Basically the same issue, but with involvement in Yemen. Mm-hmm. Um, Senator Rand Paul was another Republican who was vocally pissed on Wednesday. More of the sort of libertarian brand of Republicans, if you will. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about <laughs> Rand Paul here. I'm going to not. going to hold that for me. Uh, okay, so the drone strike happens. People are like, what the fuck? Uh, then they all come to Congress and try to explain why it was justified and they have a hard time convincing people. Might be controversial to say, but I have a feeling that these guys aren't um, at the top of their game. <laughs> no, that's pure crazy talk. Um, the officials that were leading the briefing included Defense Secretary Mark Esper, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, CIA Director Gina Haspel, and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley. You know, the top guys are supposedly top guys and women are supposedly in the room mm-hmm. delivering all of this information that was apparently deeply satisfactory to the members who left the meeting. According to those members, the administration officials were basically like, hey, if you guys spend all your time debating the president's war powers, which is your job effectively, <laughs> and who the president can kill and win, then you're emboldening Iran. Mm. I guess that's how it goes. But at least one prominent Republican senator did agree with the position that was presented in that meeting. So they thought that a war powers debate might send the wrong signal to the Iranians. I think they're right. They didn't say you can't debate. I think they're overreacting, quite frankly. Go debate all you want to. I'm going to debate you. <laughs> Trust me, I'm going, to, I'm going to let people know that at this moment in time to play this game with the War Powers Act, which I think is unconstitutional, is that whether you mean to or not, you're empowering the enemy. Yep, that was Senator Lindsey Graham, who has never met a potential war he didn't like. 
Yeah, I'm just going to say for no reason at all, you know, that he's up for re-election this year. Just going to let it sit out there in the air. Let's all just feel that up for re-election. <laughs> Unrelated to the current story. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. The next part of the story will continue later today when the House is expected to take some action on war powers as they relate to the president and what he can do in Iran. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the president can and will be held accountable. Uh, We'll keep track of it as it develops and let you know what else happens. According to a new report from the American Cancer Society, the cancer death rate in the United States dropped 2.2% from 2016 to 2017. That's the largest decline ever reported in the span of a year, which is great news for us. So suck it, Grim Reaper. Mm -hmm. Akilah, what does the research actually say about why those rates are dropping? Uh, So there are a few reasons for the drop. uh, But before we get into them, let's talk about what that 2.2% number is actually represents. So what's really driving this is lung cancer rates and skin cancer rates, uh, and that's where they've seen the most progress. So a lot of that is due to change behaviors in the population, so that mm. less smoking, you know, wearing sunscreen, but also there are much better treatment options than there have been previously. The report did also say, though, that progress has stalled on other types of cancers. Those cancers are prostate, breast, and colorectal cancers. Experts blame sedentary lifestyles and unhealthy food, which can lead to hormonal issues and inflammation. But they also blamed, you know, geographic, economic and racial disparities and access to care and exposure to environmental toxins. So, you know, lots of factors. Right. And these numbers are kind of more reflective of lung and skin cancer rates declining versus all cancer rates overall declining. Mm -hmm. And statistically, lung cancer kills more people than breast, prostate, colorectal and brain cancers combined. So why are people more likely to survive lung cancer now? Yeah, I mean, a big part of that answer is how doctors are treating cancer now. Mm. Um, So imaging technology has advanced to a point that doctors are now accurately assessing the stage of cancer and its prognosis. So, you know, there's not all this overtreatment that might lead to worse side effects. Um, In recent years, more doctors have turned to less invasive options for surgery, which leads, you know, to better recovery times and outcomes. And immunotherapy has become way more widely used since 2015. So immunotherapy, uh, for those who don't know, is essentially when, you know, there's something that stimulates your immune system to help you fight the disease and the tumors. Um, The same can also be said about skin cancer. And it's also really important to note, though, that even though there has been progress, the progress is uneven across the country. Uh, So these cancer death rates still vary between states that promote preventative health care, like vaccinations, Mm -hmm. and those that tend not to. So perfect example from the New York Times. Uh, You are probably more likely to get cervical cancer in Arkansas than in Vermont, because Arkansas hasn't widely adopted the HPV vaccine as, you know, Vermont has done for the past decade. Mm. Okay. Um, Well, now it's time to address the elephant in the room that is uh we are a daily news podcast Mm -hmm. and other daily news shows did a whole two-part special on teens drooling (laughs) so if gen z (laughs) smoking and vaping usage is up does that mean that this progress could be lost at some point 
So it is tough to say right now. So scientists are still studying the effects of e-cigarettes when used for long periods of time. And there are carcinogens in e-cigarettes. They just don't know yet what the full cancer risk is because it's it's a new thing. Right. Um, But based on the report, the decline in deaths from lung cancer can be attributed both to people quitting smoking and advances in treatment. So if juuling leads to cigarette smoking, then yeah, we could see a reversal in this downward trend of lung cancer. That would be bad. Yeah. But one thing that is conclusive is that access to treatment and vaccines and advocating for equal treatment across socioeconomic and racial lines will in the long run ensure less people die from cancer. Also, if you smoke, stop smoking. The sooner the better. If it was your New Year's resolution, I wish you luck. Let it go. Uh, And also, thank goodness for science and technology. It goes without saying, but vote for a candidate who believes in science. Make sure that everyone has health care. Just do it. That easy. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. As devastating wildfires continue to burn in southeastern Australia, the country's largest media company has been repeatedly spreading misinformation about them and their cause. 
News Corp, owned by Rupert Murdoch, has repeatedly argued via their newspapers that this year's fires are no worse than those of the past, which is not true. Hmm. In the past four months, about 15 million acres have burned more than the previous 15 years combined. Murdoch's company has also falsely downplayed the role of climate change and instead exaggerated the role of arsonists, calling the fires a, quote, arson emergency rather than a climate one. Truly, you would need to be a world-class arsonist <laughs> to make this happen. News Corp has denied its effort to divert attention from climate change. Yeah, well, imagine being that good of an arsonist. I don't, why would you want that skill set? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> New York Governor Andrew M. Cuomo announced his intent to legalize weed in the state by 2020 on Wednesday. He tried this last year and could not make it happen, but now he seems ready to get back on that sticky green horse and try again. <laughs> the governor cited a history of racist drug policy towards communities of color as a reason to legalize and added that a legal weed program could bring in millions in tax revenue. If this happens, I will officially have no reason to stay in Los Angeles. Don't go, Akila. I'm leaving. I, know, I don't know anyone else. <laughs> I'm on the plane. I go it alone. Uh, the mouthpiece of Gen Z teen Vogue ran an article yesterday praising Facebook for fighting disinformation in the upcoming 2020 election. Hmm. Weird. Well, since I know it's good to accept everything I read online without investigating, I'll just move on from this kind of weird and surprising story. Or will I? What really <laughs> happened was that the story was sponsored editorial content, which we learned from a label that was added after it was first published. Only after that, the label was removed. Mm. Then the whole article got taken down. I know. Crazy. It's a wild saga and a bad look for Facebook, who seemed to be playing fast and loose with the public trust even after their site became a nasty little birdbath of fake news leading up to the 2016 election. I just don't trust the blue man. All right. <laughs> Move over, Cybertruck. Looks like Elon Musk's next innovation is the Cyberchild. Uh, <laughs> Elon's partner since 2018, the musician from the future Grimes, made an Instagram post yesterday that strongly suggested she is pregnant. She's shirtless in the pic and has a 3D fetus photoshopped onto her belly. <laughs> if you need more confirmation that this is really happening, it's already passed the Yang test, meaning presidential candidate Andrew Yang tweeted out his congratulations. We echo his congrats and look forward to meeting this baby who, with their super-powered creative-slash-analytical brain, will one day have to save our civilization. And those are the headlines. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, give us a rating, nominate us as the new Duke and Duchess of Sussex, and tell your friends to listen. By the way, if you're into reading and not just laundering instructions for fun jumpsuits like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and that's, that's how you, you innovate, innovate a cyber, cyber child. child. <laughs> What a Day is a product of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our senior producer is Katie Long. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. 
Learn more at ship.com slash high. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.